This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf on FUBAR Radio. They haven't fixed the screens. They keep blinking on and off. Still, They're still, still blinking fixed. on and off. They're still not fixed. You said you'd do it in five minutes and you haven't done it in, in a week. If that, if that was the last one we recorded. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, it's difficult to know these days, isn't it? So many. Pre- so, uh, hello, my name's Nick Helm. And my name is Nathaniel Metcalf. And you're listening to Nick. And Nathaniel Metcalf. <laughs> Always do the same. Always do the same name. Um, you're listening to Nick and Nathaniel Metcalf. Fan club. Uh, fan club. Uh, you're listening live to Fubar Radio. <laughs> Um, you're listening live, you're but li- we are not live. This is a pre-record. If in your life it's happening right, right now, in the, you're, yeah, but that could be, um, that could be Friday. What, what's the Friday this Friday? Friday will be the twelfth. Friday yeah, the twelfth. Oh, oh, oh God! Yeah. One day away. One day away oh. to Saturday the thirteenth. Yeah. I always thought that that would be a funny idea for a film. Uh, Saturday the 14th uh, Didn't they do it? And Well And then you look it up And they have done it But right, Saturday yeah. the 14th <laughs> Loads of uh, people Just clearing up All these uh, bodies After a, s- a slasher movie And they didn't do that um, There was a really weird one With Joe Don Baker in it um, And it, it was really weird um, I can't remember what oh, I can't remember What it's called They're not even listening In the other room um, Joe Don Baker He did like a slasher spoof um, I bought it And it was really weird It was kind of like in early 80s it was sort of like an airplane kind of take on the slasher genre really but it wasn't because the slasher genre hadn't been it was still too new and a bit not really established what their rules were it hadn't ran itself into the ground by that point so but you know you go Halloween Friday the 13th April Fool's Day Mother's Day (laughs) Uh, and uh, Diwali you know they kind of like run out of holidays (laughs) and um uh, my bloody Valentines, and uh, but they're never kind of like the thing that you think it's going to be. Anyway, so they were kind of like there was they, they were ba- they were basically um, uh, it was it was a play on some sort of holiday, I think. But the jokes were really weird. Like there was just a whole storyline where the dad was uh, fucking his daughter. Oh. It was horrible. Like, the tone <laughs> of it. The tone of it was just like... We're going to do, like, an airplane-type <laughs> movie about horror movies, but with incest. It was, um. it, it was, it was just really, like... It was, it was unpleasant. Uh, and, uh, and also, I don't know if it was the quality of the, of the version I saw, of the, of the DVD that I saw, but um, it felt like it was you know, filmed on tape. It just felt yeah. really like low quality. Do you ever see those clip shows of things where they'll be like, you know, they used to be famous or something, and they'll have a clip of like an advert from about ten years ago, and it will look appalling, and you go, I mean, what have you sourced for this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they just always, well, it always feels like they go like, you must have a better copy of this. It's like they get all their things like they go, oh, oh we need it, oh we need a clip from. Um, 
I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah, should we buy like the DVD or something? Oh, right. No, no, no. Just I think I've got it on tape somewhere <laughs> yeah, from sure. the time. Yeah, I think oh, I've like got it. Matt LeBlanc used to be in a ketchup <laughs> advert, yeah, yeah. and then they show you like a it's ketchup like degraded advert. thing, it's and you go, like, like, I mean, why? You, why are there fuzzy lines going through it? <laughs> it's you not, can't tell what the fuck's going on. It's from 1990. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that they give. Uh, uh, Heinz ketchup adverts, the George Lucas treatment. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure, but you'd think <laughs> just the idea that even if you played them off a of VHS, you'd go, I mean, it still looks better than that. I don't know like where you found it. Uh, uh, anyway, you're listening to Fan Club. Yeah, this is. This is <laughs> First rule of Fan Club. <laughs> tell your friends. friends. Second rule of Fan Club is please, please for, for the love, love of God, God tell your friends. <laughs> and third rule, it's worth stating. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Fourth rule, tell your friends. Um, fifth, tell your friends. Tell your friends. I've got OCD. What's the cleanest rock band? OCDC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if I made I don't think I made that up. Um, um, uh, I've got old Keith Jagrin on the air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but he doesn't ever say that at the end. No, he never says that. He, never <laughs> he says, says, yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, I, I made that up, I did. I and then know. he's dead, isn't he now? Dead. Poor old Keith. Which, which just goes to show. Silly old Keith. <laughs> <laughs> you can't outrun <laughs> the Reaper. <laughs> oh, when do you think you're going to die? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh, oh. it's coming. So, <laughs> keep it light. So, um, <laughs> well, what better way to celebrate uh, our, all our mortality than <laughs> talking absolute shit about stuff no one gives a fuck about? That, sure, I think if that, if anything, that, should be that is mortality. Yeah, that, is, that is what we do. That is the strap line, isn't it? <laughs> watch watch uh, talk nonsense about things that don't really matter to distract us from uh, death. One, uh, counting down our lives. One episode of Bargain Hunt at a time. Um, so I do think that sometimes. Sometimes I go, <sighs> like, when I realise what... I'm, this week, I mean, I mean, it's what I would do anyway, to be fair. But, you know, I've gone... I've really sought out um, a 1969-1970 uh, sketch show of Bernard Cribbins called Cribbins. Yeah. And, you know, I'm enjoying it. It's a bit... It's a bit sexist. Occasionally racist. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and the sketches go from that's pretty good to I don't even really understand this. Um, <laughs> but I'm watching two series of this, and you know. But at the same time, I do you know some people come up with a cure for cancer and things, don't they? They do like and you think this is what I'm doing. Yeah, but you know how many people on the planet right now are watching Cribbins? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm unique. <laughs> no one, it's just you. Um, Great songs, isn't it? Make, Absolute belters. You're a massive fan of Cribbo. Oh, I love you? it. I love it. <laughs> so, um, uh, has this show sort of uh, made you love him more? Or maybe Do made you, know you what? love him it's, less? No, it hasn't really made me love him less. So everything's very in context. So it's all very, everything's very much of the period. Yeah. Um, and some of the sketches are pretty good. Some are, some are like they, what they often do. They the sketches have a, a real sense of outstaying their welcome. I'd say where you go, okay, I get it, and it just carries on for like another six minutes or something. <laughs> it's that one where you go, yeah. oh, I get it, yeah, and they just keep going. But, but I do like this- him. I think he is brilliant. I think he's got such a. I think he exudes. He's he's like he's like charisma plus. I think he exudes something where you go, God, I like this guy. Mm. He seems like he's, he gives off. He's, he's very warm. What's he most famous warm. for? Is it Railway Children? Railway ch- Children, probably, yeah, yeah. He was in Carry On Jack, wasn't he? 
Yeah, he's in a couple of the carry-ons, isn't he? Is Cameron spying? Yes, he's definitely in that one. And um, uh, what else? He's still um, alive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, I was thinking the other day, we, we, we were thinking about, like, who would you... If you were to make, like, a, a horror film, like a Tim Burton type horror film where you needed a Christopher Lee cameo who would you pick oh yeah we're saying that who would be like the horror star um, and I just think the only one around now is like Max von Sydow mm, yeah yeah but he would be yeah. perfect for it you'd go yeah brilliant we need like an iconic horror icon <laughs> um, but um, uh, and I, he popped in my head in the week but like um, yeah not Bernard Cribbins no, it was a horror. <laughs> He's just old. We need someone. <laughs> we, need, we need someone. We need, we need someone that evokes uh, the, the the horror days of you, uh, the horror movies of yore. Uh, so we've just got this old man. Because what's more chilling than being just, reminded of? I think he's too reassuring. He did tell me, "Oh, that's all right." Yeah. Didn't he make something recently? He was in Doctor Who. No, it wouldn't be that. He was in. Uh, has he been in stuff recently? No, I don't. Not that I can see. I remember seeing an old Bernard Cribbins on a poster for something. Oh, maybe. It's like when um, Richard Briers popped up in uh, Cockneys versus Zombies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never saw it, but I was just like, Richard Briers! <laughs> um, that was one of the last things he did. It really it? was, yeah. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it really was. Um, it was yeah, it's amazing. I mean, they must have, they must have paid, it, paid him a, a pretty penny. <laughs> If that's the thing, you think, I can't imagine there's a lot of money in this <laughs> But still, it wasn't. Do you know what? I saw it. It was probably better than you'd imagine it. Cockneys versus hmm. zombies. Oh, the title is the joke, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got to go through 90 minutes of watching sure. that play out. Exactly. You, yeah, it's like snakes on the plane. You go, yeah, mm. once you've done the trailer, though. I remember years ago, me and my mate, we, we in fact, there was a group of us did it. And we'd seen the trailer for Steve Martin's Bringing Down the House, and we're going, God, that's depressing. And we're going, oh, let's go, let's go. It'd be really funny, <laughs> wouldn't it, to go and see this film that looks terrible. And then he went, yeah, that'll be fun. And we went, <laughs> and then you realise that these things are on for at least 90 minutes, yeah. and you're just watching a terrible film. And I just think I'd get no pleasure from watching stuff that's terrible. What was Bringing terrible. Down the House like? I never watched it. It's, it's the trailer, but like it's just it's that, but it's boring, because it's on and on and on and on. And you go, oh, another I can't imagine. Some sort of. Mind you, I went to see, I think it was the original Pink Panther. Not the original Pink Panther. The first Steve Martin Pink Panther. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've never been in a quieter cinema. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it was full, right? But no, there was one point uh, when he did the hamburger bit. When he was going, hamburger! And I was the only person that laughed. And instantly, I put my hand over my mouth out of embarrassment because I was the only person in the whole oh, cinema. Gosh. And you go, it's a comedy. <laughs> and I laughed out loud and I felt ashamed of myself. It was, yeah. I mean, I love Steve Martin. Yeah. Steve Martin never has to make another good film for the rest yeah. of his life. And he won't. <laughs> I remember but, seeing the trailer for Cheaper by the Dozen. It was either oh, Cheaper by the hell. Dozen or Cheaper by the Dozen too. And in the trailer, there's a joke. And they were like kind of family movies. Movie. So they were like playing to like <coughs> quite a sort of charming but I family. I don't associate Steve Martin with family movies. No, not at all. I don't know why he went on and was just like, "I'm going to be, I'm going to be, the, you know, America's dad." Yeah. And you go, you, but you're, you're a weirdo. You're a weird guy, and his <laughs> father of the bride, basically. It's yes, just yeah. like he, his 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 career um, split, didn't it? Mm. Where he started doing stuff like Parenthood. Great movie, that Parenthood. Yeah. 
I think it because I think it's. Um, I don't love it. I think it's got it's got the bit where he people gets to do it. that. People love Parenthood. Yeah, I didn't know that I loved it. It was on like one late one night recently, and I watched it on TV, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is great." Because it has like a, it's a real like it all works on the all the kind of beats and all the kind of emotions working. Actually, it isn't. It does work, and it's got him as the he gets to do his cowboy bit, where he gets to do his Steve Martin bit. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. You just like uh, this is a Steve Martin bit that's thrown into a film that you know, and I would rather watch. Steve Martin than Steve Martin acting all oh, sure. straight. But I think he is good. I think he is good. And I think it's a Cowboy real Gale. ensemble. Yeah. Cowboy Girl and uh, he does the balloon animals. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, love, there's, I think there's really good bits in it. And then you've got to sit through all that Tom Hulse stuff. And I just find Tom Hulse a little bit. I really like Tom Hulse. I was going to say, I like Tom Hulse. In, in other films. But I find him really. Um, I guess he's meant to be. Unpleasant, isn't he? Yeah. But I find him uh, accidentally unpleasant. <laughs> I just find his, his delivery. Oily. I think it's a really oily. good movie. Like he's a, it's a. I think it's it's sort of surprising, and it feels really ahead of its time now. It feels modern. And it's it feels got, like a modern film. It's got working Phoenix in it, right? Yeah. When was he Leaf Phoenix in that? I think he was Leaf then. It's a funny <laughs> thing, isn't it? No one talks about that now. Well, used they used to be called Leaf. Yeah. Um, and now it's called Wacken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking hell, so the Joker trailer. What do you think of that? Of course, though? yeah. And no, I'm really up for it. Really up for it. What do you think of the trailer, though? Um, oh, I liked it. It's what I thought, though. It didn't surprise me. When you hear about, like... When you read about it, you go, oh, I was doing this joke film. It's going to be like this. You go, I right, th- okay. And then when people see the trailer, they go, have you seen the trailer? It's like, that's what they said it was going to be like. Yeah. You know, that was exactly the tone I was expecting. Yeah, but I was surprised about how much I really... Well, there's, there's two things. I really enjoyed it. I think it's. Um, I hope they don't fuck it up. I hope it ends up mm. being. I hope there's more to it than what they've already shown. I hope they haven't sort of like basically put the whole film in there. Mm. Um, but if the, if that's like an indication of what it's going to be like, then I think it's great. I really like what they've done. I think it's weird that Martin Scorsese is executive producing it. Is he still? Because I thought he was, but I I thought like I don't know if he's moved away from it now. I think he has to be. Because it feels so much like a... It's basically, it's referencing... King uh, of Comedy. Taxi driver, <laughs> King of Comedy. It's like, but it's just like... But it's, Robert De Niro is like Jerry Lewis in it. Yeah, it's, I, and it's like, that's great if they kind of like do that. Mm. But then I also feel like I've already seen this film in my head now. Yeah. And if it's just a case of turning up and then watching it play out. Yeah. And it's Martin Scorsese basically producing... A Joker-themed <laughs> remake of all of his greatest hits. It's just kind of like, I'm not sure. I don't know what that is. No, exactly. That is weird. You watch it, you go, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> and that's sort of what I was imagining as well. It's that kind of... Uh, yeah, exactly. A Joker-themed remake of Taxi Driver. Sorry, we're both ill. And, yeah, we are. We're both still ill. For the second week, running. Uh, yeah, but I think it does look, uh, it does look really good. Mm. That's uh, that's good. my input. <laughs> he is very good. Wacking. Wacking. I remember, you know, they used to do those free magazines in cinemas. Oh, yeah. And like bef- flicks. Yeah, I think it was before. It <laughs> must have been around Simon Gladiator, but it was before he was like a big name. And uh, they they did a pun on his name, which basically only works if <laughs> you can't Say it in a certain name. way. You must be wacking. <laughs> and it's just like it doesn't work guys <laughs> because although it's spelled a bit like Joaquin <laughs> you must be Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> uh, <it's> lovely stuff <laughs> lovely and now he's the, and now he's the, the, the wacker <laughs> <laughs> 
Whacking Phoenix is the, the Waka. <laughs> I can't wait for Waka to come out. <laughs> waka Waka. <laughs> That's his catchphrase. Works on several levels. Works on a level. Works on one and a half levels. So the cunt over at the shop, uh, <laughs> literally, there's no fucking Levi Roots this week. Ah, oh, come there's on. No, is it because you bought it last week? Yeah, yeah. There's no <laughs> diet drinks. There's no diet drinks. There's no Pepsi Maxes. There's nothing, right? Well, he got, has no suppliers. No, like, it, like as you buy it, you're like, so this week I've had to buy Berry Fanta, and I went up, and it's uh, and it's one, it was one pound forty for a can of. I was one pound forty for a can of Fanta. Yeah, one pound forty for a can of Fanta. Holy moly! Right, and I, I, he said it's one pound forty. I went one pound forty. Right, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty flush. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I haven't got a problem with spending money on, sure. on, the, on the good stuff in life. Oh, yeah. But £1.40, I'm not going to throw the money away. No. no, no. I, I would say 60p mm-hmm. for a can. I reckon I'd go up to, if, someone, if they said 89p, I'd be like, sure. If they said 80p, mm. which is what they are in the vending machines at work, mm. then, <laughs> um, then if, I, if I did 80p, then I would go, that's the top. Or tomorrow's parties. That's the top end. Tomorrow's parties? Yeah. What's tomorrow's parties? You said ATP, so I said all tomorrow's parties. I don't know what that is. ATP. ATP. A-T-P. All tomorrow's parties. Is that a company? It's that festival, isn't it, that they do, ATP. I've, I've, I've gone on a tangent that hasn't worked. No, go on. I don't mind this. Okay. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. So you said but, ATP, like the yeah. price, and I, I, in my head, I, it was like the letters ATP is what they call the acronym is, for All Tomorrow's Parties. What the, the fuck festival. is All Tomorrow's Parties? Like those music festivals they do, don't they? They do them all over the world. What, what, they do them in the UK and in festivals? the USA. They're called All Tomorrow's Parties. I've never heard of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of them. Oh. All Tomorrow's Parties. And it's uh, a Velvet Underground song, isn't it? The names of the... I get Velvet Underground mixed up with another band. Who's the other band? Is it Velvet Revolver? (laughs) (laughs) Is that a band? What are those ones that are like Guns N' Roses, but what were they called? (laughs) There was a Slash band. Yeah, what were they called? What were they called? Um, this is a good show, isn't it? (laughs) 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 It's like two people with... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I bought this berry Fanta. One pound forty. One pound forty. Eighty p. One pound forty. And he um, said, "Yeah, there's loads of sugar in it. It's the sugar tax." <laughs> well, not that much. He said it's from America. I get a bag of sugar as well. He How said, much is that? He said it's from America. Uh, he said he shipped it over from America for us. He's done nothing, like, mate. Do you haven't got a supplier? You don't Pepsi sell Mars bars. <laughs> get some fucking Pepsi Max cherry. Right. Get some fucking Pepsi Max cherry. Get some Levi Roots. What's it called? Uh, Caribbean Crush. Caribbean Crush. Get some... Look, mate, when you sell out of a product, mm. you phone up your supplier and you say, we've sold out. Can we have some more, please? Just, just, I imagine just, they call you, don't they, and say, what do you need this week? And he's probably got... And <coughs> you probably go round and he goes, I've done me a little thing. I'm ticking off what I've sold. Pepsi Max, <laughs> I've got a Berry Fanta. That's gone. Uh, I've got uh, some uh, uh, sweet cigarettes. And then go round, and then he does his little order, and the man probably rings him up. Maybe it's done online now. I don't. Ne- it- I don't need anything actually. Do you know what? Um, 
I'm having a declutter. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I need anything. He's watching Marie Kondo and he's going, <laughs> actually, there's a lot of sweets in here. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a hoarder. So I should probably, do you know what? I'm not going to replace anything anymore because I feel like it's just all bearing down on me every day. Mm. Finally, uh, getting rid of some of this mm. stuff. I've got a red bounty, but it, it doesn't make me feel happy inside when I look at it. Does it make me happy? <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's no, going. it's going. It's going. It's going. Oh, bloody hell. I've got some eggs in here from 2013. Do they make me happy? Do they make me happy? No, uh, I'll just sell them on. Sell them. Uh, absolutely. Slash so, was in uh, Natalie, do, do they, do they, do they, do you go in that shop? Yeah. What do you reckon of it? What's your opinion? No. No, good. No, it's it's there because it's near. Mm. But I can't imagine there's enough people. I mean, there's a, there's a co-op, like, sure. three minutes up the road. For sure. And then there's, you know, Nisa. Mm. Nisa. Nisa. Tesco and uh, Sainsbury's Sainsbury's and local Sainsbury's local the co-op is the best the co-op is the, co-op is the biggest because it's the most like an actual supermarket but it works because they know we're all too lazy to go an extra two minutes ago I'll just go to this I've shop got, I'm at the location that I need to be in look there's a shop over there I'll get a, you know, anyway. so I've got a Fanta Berry Blast it's not called a Berry Blast it's just called Fanta Berry oh, live on, live on I'm going to tell you what I think of it In fact, it only would work. It on is radio. radio. It, it is radio. Would only work on radio. Uh, it's fine. It's, it's it's not as sweet as I was expecting it to be. Um, considering I did pay premium for it. For yeah, sugar. it better be really fucking sweet <laughs> for one pound forty. I'm quite disappointed in that. Um, yeah. Is it quite tart then? Quite bitter. Berries in a kind of um, <coughs> you know tart way. Um, it, no, it's not tart. It's bright blue. Ah, <laughs> oh, do you know what? It's growing on me. Um, out of ten, out of ten, I would gi- I would give it um, a three because it's not what I wanted. What I wanted was a Pepsi, Pepsi Max cherry. cherry yeah, sure. Now I've got this, but I'm also got the added guilt that I'm going to go to the gym after this, and um, I'm just going to have to do extra work to work it off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, you go, wow, is it worth the calories? It's simply not worth the calories. So, mm. Slash is in Velvet Revolver. And you got confused between Velvet Revolver and the Velvet Underground? Not musically. Right. I'm just basing it on names. Yeah, sure. Uh, a bit like ATP. Yeah. So, <laughs> De Niro said, there is a link between Murray Franklin, the talk show host he plays in Joker, in Walker, <laughs> and Rupert Pupkin, his character in The King of Comedy. He also said he would have been open to properly reprising his classic role had that been on the table. He's up for anything now, though, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, like, it's not a lot. I think Robert De Niro is like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> this, 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 is, this, is, this is impressive from the star of Taxi Driver. <laughs> and Dirty this is Grandpa. Not, this is not impressive from the star of Meet the Little Fockers. <laughs> um... <laughs> Fucking hell. You can burn 140 calories in less than 15 minutes using a highly intensity, high intensity exercise. It takes somewhat longer using less intense workouts. Yeah. How many calories is that, though? What, Your fruit berry drink. I mean, what is, what's that meant? 
You can burn 140 calories in less than 15 minutes using a high-intensity exercise. It takes somewhat longer using less <laughs> intense workout. I mean, <laughs> why have you bothered? Why have you bothered messaging us that? That's the fucking. That's the, do you know what? It, when we play a song, it, you, can, you can burn 140 calories in less than 15 minutes or longer if you just sit on the <laughs> sofa. <laughs> or, 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 fucking. Um, you I mean, can, I, I you can run a mile in a minute. But if you walk it, I mean, it will take, what, 15, 15 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Somewhere. 20 minutes to walk a mile, something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, more fun facts uh, coming at you <laughs> after these messages. <laughs> Google the cunt. So, um, <laughs> I always find those statistics, um, they always make me a bit sad, like, well, I'm never going to do that. They, they always just seem far too much, like, oh, you know what, you can actually burn off that... Uh, that uh, munchie you've just eaten that someone's left you in uh, 20 minutes what's and you a go, munchie? you know those little uh, sweets caramel biscuit chocolate alright so this is, I mean this is one of those weird things where it says uh, this has 150 calories per serving yeah well, that must how be how many serving. servings is this can though well, that was it's that, like when they say when you get a, when you eat like a packet of crisps and you go well what else have we got in the fridge? <laughs> and then you look at the, you look at the label. It says this is sixteen servings. You go, oh, 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 oh boy, oh, oh boy. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so the average person will burn between eighty and one hundred forty calories per mile. Um, not me, two hundred. If you're looking to burn one hundred forty calories each day, use, use your favourite activities, activities such as swimming, biking, walking. I mix things up a bit with different activities. Oh, I burn off 140 calories a day. <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, so uh, have we had anyone emailing in telling us what they've been a fan of this week? No. No. So, no. <laughs> it was worth it, though. Uh, what, it was so I, just, I was very like, heartfelt <coughs> and sincere yeah, last week. Yeah, wants to tell us. So, um, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll play hardball. <laughs> I'll give you one more chance. Uh, and we'll make this show your show. And if uh, you f- fancy um, telling us what you've been a fan of this week, uh, the listeners at, at home or at work <laughs> or in the car... Uh, or in or about maybe you've got uh, you've downloaded it on an app. Yeah, it could be uh, on your phone. There's a podcast on so your phone. Uh, anywhere you are, anywhere, wherever you listen Space. to your no, wherever you listen to. Where's the furthest? Hey, where's the furthest <laughs> that people listen? I think it's probably John in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, uh, <laughs> Oh God! Just fucking message us in and tell us what you want us to fucking talk about. <laughs> All right? Um, don't make me fucking come over there. I'm just fucking. Just tell us what you've been a fan of this week. Uh, tweet us at uh, Fubar. What at Fubar? At you, Fubar you Radio. Need to press the button if you're going to tell Say. us at Fubar Radio. Uh, hashtag I've been a fan of. Yes. And uh, or hashtag Nick and Nat's fan club. And, or hashtag uh, Nick and Nathaniel don't, Metcalfs. Don't message us directly. Uh, no. I, I, or I, shout at us in I, the street. I get a lot of uh, clutter in my uh, Twitter. Uh, they should call it clutter. Yeah. Um, no. Um, <laughs> they should. Oh, just, fucking, oh, just fucking message us. 
Let us know you're out there. <laughs> if you're stuck somewhere, you can let us know as well. If you're stuck down a well or something. Got a bit of uh, fan mail this week, so I'm just going to. Uh, what's the what's the song? Here we go. Email. Hi guys, long time listener, first time email. Wow, first email. Keep <laughs> <laughs> up with the times. Uh, you make me laugh and educate, entertain and inform me for the most part. You make me laugh and educate. He's a don't, teacher. Don't, Maybe don't, he's don't a blame teacher. us for your career. <laughs> <laughs> you make me laugh and educate, entertain and inform me for the, <clears> most, <throat> for the most part. Sometimes I disagree with you, but that's okay. It's okay. Can listeners be guests, please? I would, I would be. be equally as funny what? as you. I think you could keep up. Tone. Uh, your surname should definitely be deaf because this email is tone deaf uh, I'm not a fan of you tone <laughs> and in actual fact I'm not sure how many listeners we have but if you were to stop listening to our show I don't think we'd miss you fuck you tone fuck you in your face <laughs> any more fan mail? poor old, <laughs> poor old tone but write in write in and let uh, us know what you. Uh, if this is your first email then uh, I would stop <laughs> I would stop while you're behind I quit while you're behind tone uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks, Dan. <laughs> I love these uh, bits of fan mail that we get. It's uh, really fantastic. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do. It's two minutes. Uh, have you been a fan of anything <laughs> other than? We've got two minutes before we got to play a song. We don't have to play a song. It's our own format, uh, watched, and it uh, is formatted. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a magazine program, very much like this morning, or the right stuff with Jeremy Vine. Uh, I, watched, I watched Man from Uncle again this week. Well, the, the Guy Ritchie. The, the Guy Ritchie film. I've never mm. seen it. Is it really um, liked it. Oh, because it's part of your uh, Hugh yeah, Grant. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was very excited to find that Hugh Grant was in it. Mm. Oh, I do love Hugh Grant. He is good. And he's good in that sort of role as well. So he's then sort of being a sort of Mr. Waverly. He's like their boss. Yeah. And you go, yeah, he's good, isn't he? he like I do, I constantly go in, he's good in all these things. I really like him. He's incredible in Paddington, too. Yeah, he really is, yeah. And yeah. you're just like, why haven't you been doing this? Mm. Why, yeah. As much as I love uh, music and lyrics, why have you been making these films <laughs> when you could have been doing the, you know... It's a bit of a shame to be like, oh, Hugh Grant's reinvented himself as a better actor. <laughs> uh, Hugh Grant's reinvented himself by doing more interesting films. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? Because you go, you could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah, yeah. There was bits at the time. I remember at the time he was he was originally cast or rumoured to be the um, the scientist in Mars Attacks that <coughs> Pierce Brosnan eventually did. And everyone mm. going, yeah, why didn't you do that? That seems like a better kind of a better fit to do that sort of kind of what than Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, I thought Pierce Brosnan was great in that. Me too, but I think it was a. I think if it was a thing where. Grant turned it down or turned his nose up at it. I think it was probably at a time when he was blowing up and probably thought, I don't need to be. I'm, I've just done nine months. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I've just had a blowjob. I think I'm all right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like Pierce Brosnan. Me too. Um, um, yeah. Again, he's but like. It's, but it's one of those things where you go, you never guess who the uh, who the new James Bond is. Who? <laughs> um, 
Mrs. Doubtfire's rival. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire's love rival. Uh, all right. Okay. That makes sense, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, thought I that so. while I was watching it, actually. I yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, there's that bit. Oh, I suppose there is that bit when he gets hit on the back of the head by a line. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, yeah, and he probably could have that in a cocktail, couldn't he? A bit of that or something. In order to, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, oh, that's a bit when he has the... Uh, the seafood allergy. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, good old, good old Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, very yeah, good bond let down by his movies. <laughs> it's a shame. You go. It's like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. I though, think isn't he it? was really good for like the time. He felt like it's a very nineties bond when you think about it. It's very like I get it. It's that. It feels like it's of its time, doesn't it? Um. It, no, well, I just think that he he is like almost like the ti- a, a timeless Bond. He is like I don't really like James Bond films. No, I, I'm not. I, that there fast. are a couple that I love, but as a franchise, I am so like not fussed about it. Um, uh, I don't sort of like enjoy all of the nostalgia, and I don't really enjoy like all the fetish fetishizing of like, oh, his car, you've got to have the car. Who gives a fuck what car he drives? <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Um, I don't care about what gun he uses. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about any of it, right? Um, uh, and in actual fact, when you watch something like Commando, where Arnold Schwarzenegger kills someone and says something funny afterwards, he says something rather amusing afterwards for 88 minutes, you go, this is basically all you really... That's what I want out of yeah. a Bond film. I don't want it to be like gritty and realistic. Well, that's what that's what like Man from Uncle was like. You watch it and you go, "Well, this is actually like these are like Bond films, but they're actually fun and they're like, mm. you know, hundred minutes in and out. Things are blowing up. There's funny things happening, and it's got all the bits that you kind of would want. And that it always I, I have that with them because I really like sort of sixty spy movies more than I like a lot of like I like a lot of the films that are like rip off James Bond movies more than what, I like, like James um, Bond what, in, in like Flint yeah is it's that what it's called yeah and then it's Matt Helm yeah yeah and the ones that are kind of sillier where they've got like robots and things in them as well but they're like spy I just find them more sort of more entertaining because I think they're just a bit more fun mm. when, and I think the 60s Bonds are quite good like when I watch when I actually sit down and watch one I go oh this is pretty good this is pretty good and I quite like, you know, I like Roger Moore, but they're probably, again, they're all films that probably are a bit like 20 minutes too long. They're all like, okay. They're all 20 minutes too long. They're boring. <coughs> you get to a point and you go, fucking hell, this is boring. Mm. Um, I really love, um, I really love The Man with the Golden Gun. Mm. I like that because I like Roger Moore in it. I like Christopher Lee. I like the settings. It's one of the few James Bond <laughs> films where I like go, oh, the locations are really good in this one. You know, so... Yeah, I, I really like the man with the Golden Gun, and it also, but it feels like because it's not like um, about saving the world; it's about going head to head with like an assassin. Mm. It kind of feels different from the others. Yeah, it's got like it actually feels like it's got an alternate storyline. You know, they go, "Well, what is he doing if he's not saving the world from destruction? Who else is in it? Is that the one with knickknack in it?" Yeah, yeah. What's the one where, I mean, this is going to be terrible because we're just going, which James Bond film? What's the James Bond film where Roger Moore drives the car under the sea? Oh, I, I mean, I don't know them enough. But there's been that where he comes up like that, he drives up, and it's, oh, cause it's post Jaws, isn't it? And they have a Jaws joke where the car's driving up on a beach and all the kids are like running out of the water, but it's actually James Bond in his car uh, that he drives out from the beach. And when he gets there, it's Roger Moore in like. Um, 
um, in like his bow tie and things. And there's just a bit where he opens the window and with one hand drops a fish out the window. And you go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> the there's no water inside the car. <laughs> Why is there a fish in the car? But also you go, that's fine. Yeah, it is. It's like a totally fine joke. I don't mind that. Yeah. But once you... Um, once you see the opening of True Lies, it's just like, what's the point? It's over, guys. Stop making them. It's over. Like that bit at the beginning when he wears the wetsuit and he takes the wetsuit off and he's wearing the white tuxedo underneath. Mm. And then he blows up the gate and then he runs away and the dogs are after him. And he, but he does the ballroom. It's just the opening of True Lies is just incredible. I, yeah. It does. It's almost like, but I think it might be one of those franchises that's that might not be in the hands of the people that serve it best. No, exactly. Like, it's just that kind of, it's, like, it's James, as a premise. Basically, basically, James Cameron made a James Bond film uh, in the opening uh, 20 minutes of True Lies. Mm. And he goes, these are all of the elements that you need to make a James Bond film. And he does it. And he goes, that's how you do it. And then he moves on. And it, it's just, I just think it's, ah. Uh, and you do, I think, sort of Man From Out, those kind of films, you sort of go, well, this is kind of better than the Bond films, but they're... You know, they're, they're kind of like based on source material, which is just like a rip-off. And they'd all sort of acknowledge it. It's like, yeah. Because it's almost like what you imagine a James Bond film is like in your head is better than what they are like. I have seen every <coughs> every single James Bond film once, except for Man with the Golden Gun, which I've seen about 30 times, <laughs> right? And it's just like you go... Um, so what's... Uh, like the one that I probably really, really enjoyed, which is the one that everyone really enjoyed the most recently, was Casino Royale. Saw oh, it, yeah, yeah. Saw it once at the cinema, never watched it again. Hmm. Um, anyway, so what I think about Piers Brosnan is that he wasn't really well-known before he was Bond. Hmm. Um, so you can't really cast Bond as a movie star. So you can't go, which movie star would be the best Bond? Hmm. So I don't think that you can have... Bond isn't really like a part where you go, Idris Elba would be good, because Idris Elba's mm. everywhere. It, and also, you know, like Daniel Craig was in, he was in some movies, but like quite small British movies. Well, he was in, in he, they've got the guy from Layer Cake. Who, mm. He was basically, of that time, you go, there were really only a couple of actors that you would consider, which would be like Clive Owen and mm. Daniel Craig and you go yeah right and they're of the same uh, st status and mm -hmm. they're kind of make, making the same sort of films and it's just like one or the other that's fine with Pierce Brosnan it was kind of like he his, he had like exactly the right career in order to go into be Bond and he's sort of like I guess post Bond being Bond has probably helped him he's probably making more films than he, if he'd never been if Bond. he'd never been Bond, so that is weird. But you, you don't feel like he was uh, it, it, the star is the franchise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Most people aren't, are they? I guess it's like it, it's that kind of Roger Moore is like, well, we have that bloke who's a saint on TV. We get the guy that's a saint, and then he went on to do sort of Wild Geese, and then mm. he was in the Jean Claude Van Damme directed mm. The Quest, and um, Noel's House Party one series where he's where he's <laughs> Noel's, uh, I think he's Noel's landlord or something. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but, but Sean Connery is like was like a, a mega star. Yeah, but, but wasn't before Bond. You know, no, 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 absolutely. Again, like he's at a kind of like who should we get? And I think it was, I think I've read something recently about it that apparently it was like they were looking to cast someone for Bond, and they were looking at big big name stars, 
And I think a lot of them turned it down or they were just like, oh, I'd rather have someone a bit young. I think they wanted Cary Grant. Yeah, I think it was all that. And David Niven and people, I think they were talking about. And then I think, like, there was someone on... There's someone, like, there's a secretary or something. And there was, like, they were just, like, she was saying... um, There was this guy who's in this film. and, And she sort of pointed out that there's, like, every woman in in Pinewood Studios fancied this bloke who's in a film and it's like but everyone like everyone's like oh oh Jesus and he's like well who's that and it turned out to be Sean Connery yeah and they went went, oh maybe we'll go for the one who essentially all the women are just going mad over yeah and it's that's what they did they got like they go actually let's get that bloke then that's how they yeah that's how they cast Flashdance isn't it oh is that it they got uh, it was that they. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not, not really of its time. Right. <laughs> it, well, it is of its time, but they got like three pictures of. I think Sharon Stone was one of the women on Flashdance, and they said, "Which one of these do you most want to have sex with?" And they went that one, and so they said, "She's hired." Oh, that's that's basically they were doing it <coughs> twenty years before with they Sean were. Connery. Yeah. Yeah, um, when Sean, it's weird watching early Sean Connery films, like when he was trying to make it big in America, and he's plucked his eyebrows, and he's got these pencil thin eyebrows. And Marnie was what I watched recently, and you know, he just looks really odd with tiny eyebrows. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's like Dustin Hoffman at the beginning of Tootsie. And Dustin Hoffman's eyebrows are sort of like obviously because he needs to be, he needs to oh, yeah, wear yeah. drag at some point. But before he's come up with that idea, Dustin Hoffman has these tiny little eyebrows. <laughs> and you go, yeah, yeah, it's because you're going to dress up as a woman. It's a good movie, isn't it? It's a uh, Bill Murray's best movie. It's oh, he's brilliant. Um, brilliant. <laughs> right, I'm going to play a song now. Oh right, I was saying that bit of Alice Cooper sounded like Friday on My Mind by the Easy Beats, which you played the other week. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's probably greatly influenced by them. <sighs> oh yes, that was it. David Morrissey. Uh, David Morrissey. There was a bit. There was. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about how my mum was convinced that David Morrissey was in Our Friends in the North. And of course he wasn't in Our Friends in the North and my mum was never convinced he was in Our Friends in the North. He was in Our Mutual Friend uh, and that is what he played a bad guy in Our Mutual Friend. Um, there you go, so my mum is correct again. Well, fucking well, hell, she... you'll never guess what fucking the first question is on this randomly fucking on the on Ridley's Games Room Ridley's. movie buff quiz. The first, the first card I've picked up yeah. Bond actor Daniel Craig is oh. married to which British actress? Rachel Weiss. Is it A, Kira Knightley? No. B, Rachel Weiss. C, Emma Thompson. Or D, Kate Winslet. <laughs> she certainly does. If we're talking about Oscars, that is. Uh, <laughs> this is a good show. This is a great show. It's a five-star show. Five Absolutely. Star. You're is. listening to Five Star Fan Club. 
Um, uh, which Starship Enterprise crew member does Chris... Oh, who gives it... I hate this game. It's so boring. <laughs> he plays Captain Kirk, of course. Um, <laughs> I have to finish it off. I have to finish it off. Uh, Captain James T. Tiberius Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, uh, right, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, last night, I went to a screening... What have I been a fan of this week? What have you been a fan of this week, mate? Last night, I went to a screening of uh, Daisy Haggard's uh, My Sister from Uncle uh, I went to see a screening of her new sitcom that oh it's on next week isn't it I, I think, think it starts next week yeah. uh, went to a screening uh, it was like the cast and crew screening she invited, <coughs> she invited me along which was unnecessary but I went and uh, uh, odd because people were like what are you doing here? Oh, really? <laughs> it was like, uh, I'm being supportive but um, it's fucking incredible it's uh, incredible um the tone of it is uh, I, I found it I found it really funny uh, there's like proper jokes in it but it doesn't feel jokey um, it just feels very natural and organic uh, th- and the tone of it, and it's also really sad um, but like it's got it's underpinned with a melancholic uh, uh, sort of tone yeah yeah but a better word than tone but yes, it's, uh, but the whole sort of like feeling of it is just very melancholic and sad, and uh, but it doesn't like go. It's not like, sp- it doesn't spend the whole film, uh, whole show kind of um, crying about it. It's just really funny and really beautiful, and it looks great. And um, yeah, anyway, I only watched the first episode because um, that's all they screened. But um, I think it's av- It's going to be available on iPlayer. You can download the whole thing. Uh, it was for BBC Three, but they upgraded it, and I think it's going on the Fleabag spot, BBC One. Oh, nice! I, it's, um, I don't think, I don't think it's really like the same as Fleabag, but hopefully people will be um, not open-minded. It's just good, but I think sometimes when you get in a set, of, a mindset, and you think this isn't that. Like when we did Loaded, people were like, going, "This isn't Uncle," and you go, "It's a totally different format." <laughs> Uncle is a half-hour sitcom. This is a comedy drama. It's an hour, and it's on Channel Four. It's like it's like it's, it's a different thing. So people can kind of like be in weird mindsets with TV. They complain about what it isn't, other than what it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's brilliant. She's really smashed it. Uh, and also uh, uh, Solomon Gray, who were a guest before, uh, they did the music for it. And the music's great. It's just everything about it's brilliant. How do you get them? How did she, <laughs> <laughs> she get them? Um, they're married. Uh, but um, yeah, it's just really good. Really, really good. And then, um, so give that. So I think you can download I think you can watch it all on iPlayer and then it'll be as a box set and then it'll be like on week by week on BBC One. Mm. Like old fashioned telly. It's good. It's a good bit of trivia. You know this, Nick. Uh, her dad directed mm-hmm. Blood on Satan's Claw. Yeah. Lovely bit of trivia. Well, it's a good movie. It's not necessarily trivia, is it? Well, isn't it? Like, I suppose. It's just a fact, isn't and, it? And he also directed uh, Pennies from Heaven, the tennis part of thing. With, Did uh, he? Yeah, with, with Hoskins. Did he? Mars bars. <laughs> <laughs> was that that looked like a Mars bar. That was before Steve Martin did it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's based on. Yeah. Steve Martin loved that. I've seen Brennan. Have you seen Steve Martin's version? No, I've never seen it. It's uh, it's like oddly not available. I've I've got it on DVD. I got it on a Spanish DVD. I think it was one of those things that at the time I remember like having those uh, things where you'd have like printed, probably in Flix magazine, a filmography of Steve Martin, and that'd always be in it, and it'd always be like 
I can never find this in the video shop. And what's nice is it was probably saving me from watching a film that was going to not be a Steve Martin film as a kid that I would want to have watched. Mm. Like, it feels like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. That's why I can't get it. Because it's not going to be like Man With Two Brains. No. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's... I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, so what's Pennies from, it's Pennies from Heaven set in America? No, it's set in the UK. Oh, so the American... So Steve Martin's one is set in America, mm. and it's kind of an American... Americanized with him and Bernadette Peters. Uh, Bernadette Peters. I really like to see it now. What yeah. A, what a woman. Mm. Uh, she's in loads of films and then none. <laughs> uh, I went to see her sing a couple of years ago. At, uh, where was it? It was at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just her. Yeah. Oh nice. She kept making jokes about how we were paying for uh, her. Uh, uh, what do you call it condo in Malibu and it was like yeah we are <laughs> that's like that thing we saw she that. did like exactly an hour and then fucked off <laughs> and it was like uh huh okay cool uh, I've done my contractually obliged time <laughs> yeah thank you very much goodbye she was really gracious and it's kind of like oh I've had such a lovely time it's just like this said an evening with Bernadette Peters <laughs> you've given us one hour I'll see a you session. in the bar <laughs> Bernadette <laughs> <laughs> um, it was yeah, yeah. We saw that Bill Murray thing, didn't we? They were all. Oh fuck me! I did, that has not lasted well in my memory. <laughs> I um, I, I quite like it. And actually, there's bits of it I still listen to that I really, um, I really like. Um, but he had the that bits thing. Of the Bill Murray thing that you mm. still listen to. What? Yeah. Was it an album? Yeah, there's an album. <clears> of it. And uh, is that what he was doing? <coughs> yeah, he was yeah. basically selling an album. He was selling an album that was him and like a, a, a cellist. Yeah, who's like one of, apparently one of the I don't know, but like I say this as if I'd been. I'm only acknowledging it, so I don't say that I knew who this guy was. Yeah, but he's he's supposedly not supposedly. I'm sure he actually one is of one of the cellists. One of the top cellists in the world. They, they met each other on a plane, didn't they? Yeah, they and they had a, a chat. Some and, and then by the end of it, they were just like, "Hey, let's do a thing together." Yeah, and I um. And I did enjoy it. And that, that night was sort of... Because a lot of it is just readings and songs. And they're not funny. Mm. Or they're not like... he Sometimes he makes things quite funny because he's naturally quite funny. But it wasn't trying to be a funny night or something. And he did that thing where he acknowledged he did like... Sort of about 15 minutes in, he sort of pauses and says... Oh, yeah, it's about this time of the night. Um, people realise that this isn't the show they're expecting. And, and he goes, and I don't mind that, you know. If you want to leave. If you want to leave, just go. <laughs> and I remember going, yeah, it is funny. But I guess the other thing about it is everyone's gone, no, because I paid £40. Pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I don't want to look uncultured. Mm. But, yeah, it's uh, social bullying. Um, what was that like? Oh, yeah, so um, I, I thought it was all right. But um, I, it reminds me of uh, William Shatner's album, uh, Has Been. Which I think is just uh, the greatest. I just love it so much. But that was based around William Shatner. So William Shatner did uh, an album with Ben Folds, and it's called Has Been, and there's some songs and there's some poems, and Nick Hornby wrote a poem on it, and Henry Rollins is on it, and it's kind of like, you know, it's really kind of like eclectic mix mm. of weird people. And uh, William Shatner's voice is incredible on it, and non-ironically, it's just an amazing album. And... Um, uh, and it's one of the uh, it's one of the albums that got me into sort of like doing performance poetry. Um, when I sort of do my poems, that was one of the things that made me go, "I want to do something like that William Shatner album." 
So it's not very lofty. That's interesting. No, but I do. I, 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 that kind of uh, music accompanying, like, spoken word, mm. I love mm. it when it's good stuff. When it's good, mm. yeah. And the William Shatner thing, I don't think there's a bad track on it. I think it's incredible. It ranges from being really funny to being really sad. And, and I like that mix. And anyway, so William Shatner was on the phone to a record company. And uh, they, he said, uh, oh, I want to do an album. And they said, uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, what sort of album? He goes, well, uh, I don't want to do anything that's kind of, like, cheesy and kind of, like, ironic. I mm. want to do kind of like a... And then he had call waiting, and he goes, hey, minute, I've just got a call. And he put them on hold, and he goes, hello. And he says, oh, this is Ben Folds. And he goes, oh, hello, Ben. Do you want to do an album? And they went, yeah. And then he goes, I'm just <laughs> going to put you on hold. And he went over back over to the record <laughs> company and went, uh, yeah, me and Ben Folds are going to do it. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, great, that's fine. Um, and I, yeah. but I think often it takes that, doesn't it? It takes someone who's a fan of something or a fan of that person to kind of almost reinvent them and go, it's oh, this is like, I like you, and here's what I like about you. So I'm going to produce something, which is kind of what happened with um, um, Johnny Cash's later career, wasn't it? That it was like yeah, yeah, that yeah. Rick Rubin thing is just like someone who goes, no, what you should do is this. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, of course I should. Yeah. That, and it's that sort of reinvent someone. Yeah, into, it takes an outsider's point of view to kind of... Here's what people you. like about you. But also sometimes it's not like the stuff that you've like sweated over for years and years that becomes the successful thing. It's the thing that's just a random occurrence where mm. you bump into someone in the street and you go, oh yeah, that's a good... Th-. And then, you know, mm. like, you know... Um, well, I won't get into that, but yeah. Um, anyway, so this week I have seen two... I've seen three films. Uh, so Ace in the Hole starring Kirk. I've never seen Douglas. it. Douglas. That's one of his big ones, isn't it? That I, I've never seen it. I is it. It's a war one, is it? I thought it was a war one. It's not a war one. No, I've definitely not seen it's it. It's about a, a journalist who basically there is a, a, a guy that's um, trapped in um, in some tunnels. There's been a cave in. Is he called Ace? Uh, no, <laughs> but it's sort of like really on the nose where you go, oh. Um, <clears throat> But there's, uh, yeah, so there's is it a guy... By, is it a big director, don't it? Is it uh... Uh, it's Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder, okay. I think he wrote and directed it. There we and, go. Um, so, um, so there's basically this washed-up uh, news ju- journalist. Chuck Tatum, played by Kirk Douglas. Right. Is that... Uh, is that fuck it, hell. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there's a washed-up news journalist and um, a news reporter, and he's basically gone to... Um, he, he's been banned from all the newspapers from the west coast and the east coast and he's ended up in Albuquerque and um, uh, yeah and uh, so uh, he's trying to get like a scoop and there's a cave in and this guy is basically um, trapped underground and then he wangles it so the guy doesn't get rescued straight away so that he can start Mm. and everyone starts benefiting from this guy that's trapped underground like his his marriage is over, basically, and then his wife starts sort of, like, getting... Uh, she works at a diner, and the diner starts making loads of money and everything. It's quite an interesting... It's not yeah. at all what I was expecting, and it's really moralistic, and it gets fucking dark. It's, like, jet black. Um, really good. Uh, enjoyed that a lot. I have to write that up for my Twitter. They, uh, <laughs> the, that film Trumbo was on TV the other day. Yeah, night. yeah, I taped it. I started I watching <laughs> it, and I was, sort of like, fascinated by it, and then... Um, uh, what was, I can't remember what film he was writing in the bit when I saw it. He was in the bath writing. 
I just, I, I, I'd seen it at the cinema. For uh, what film would it have been? Is it Spartacus? You yeah, he was right in Spartacus. Yeah. And it was just, I watched like sort of 10 minutes of it. It was just us flicking through channels and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. I quite like this movie. Oh, in that, it shows you. Yeah, plays Kirk Douglas. Yeah, and Kirk Douglas is in it as, a, as one of the characters. And it's sort of the thing that I'd never really got from that was that Kirk Douglas was like such a kind of powerful movie star for a while and also would would generate projects like a sort of very modern movie star where he'd almost be like crews almost like producing and building yeah, yeah. projects around himself well, that's what Mike, and he'd go oh right that's a great way of like that's where Michael Douglas got it from yeah he's like because a producer, Michael Douglas yeah. was a producer Michael mm. Douglas basically bought the rights to One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest because Kirk Douglas made it famous on stage he played he played R.P. McMurphy oh, really? on stage and, um, and so Michael Douglas bought the rights so his dad could play it and by the time the film got made he was too old so Michael Douglas is one of the producers on the film the Jack Nicholson film yes yes. Um, yeah. and he was a producer before he was an actor he was in sort of like the streets of San Francisco mm. as a TV star produced a lot of stuff and then I think it was uh, Romance in the Stone was his first big hit mm. and then he went he used that fame to sleep with everyone <laughs> um, Oh, Schwarzenegger's in an episode of Streets of San Francisco I, I have no doubt about it he's been in <laughs> he's in an episode of uh, is he in an episode of Columbo is he? <clears throat> he plays a bodybuilder in, in something. It may have been Streets of San Francisco, actually, that I've seen. But he plays a bodybuilder in something that's good. He gets, like, rage issues. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's it. Right, so that's the one. Yeah, it's sort of like a Columbo-type thing, isn't it? Um, I, I just really quickly, uh, so I went to see two other films. I saw two films in the cinema this week. I saw uh, Pet Cemetery on Sunday. And? Uh I just think that it's a really complicated. They overly. Co- if you were to describe to me the elements of Pet Cemetery, um, I think that's a very straightforward film that would be enjoyable. But this is kind of like, and they did it with the original film as well. It's because they're kind of trying to be really faithful to the book, but there's not enough room in the film to do anything, everything justice. So there seems to be all these elements where, um, basically, it's. Um, a family moved to the middle of nowhere by a busy road, and um, there's a, a, a that's right, and, a there's, and there's a pet cemetery uh, that's in the woods, uh, and if you bury something in the pet cemetery, it comes back to life, and the cat dies, so they bury the cat in the pet cemetery, and the cat comes back to life. It's a bit evil. And it's a bit evil, and then uh, spoiler alert: one of the kids gets killed by the, on the road, and. Uh, they bury the kid and the kid comes back and it's a bit evil and you go that's a fairly straightforward premise for a horror film it's really dark really sort of it's apparently it's Stephen King's darkest novel and he didn't want to mm. he, was, he went through a period of time where he didn't want to publish it and I think he just ran out of books and he was just like I've got to publish it now mm-hmm. but um, yeah it's really dark uh, really dark subject matter uh, Laurie Rose, who did the cinematography on uh, Elephant and Killing Machine that I made, um, he is the DOP on Pet Cemetery. It looks gorgeous, and John Lithgow's in it. And as I was watching it, I was just thinking, I wish that they made as many John Lithgow films as they make Marvel movies, because just he's just not in enough, and mm. he's getting on. And I just fucking love him. He's brilliant. He's the best thing about... I think you really miss him from the uh, Planet of the Apes sequels. Mm. He was in that first uh, Planet of the Apes reboot, and I just thought he was great. He's like a classical that. actor, isn't he? But American, he's he's got a lot in common with really with like a lot of those sort of British classical actors, and I think that's why he works a lot over here because he, he's he's very kind of theatrical in a yeah, in a sort of almost. I, I I also kind of completely forget the fact that he did Third Drop from the Sun. 
Mm. And, and, you know, because he was in, like, those uh, Brian De Palma movies early mm-hmm. on, and then he was in Santa Claus the movie, then he was Bigfoot in Bigfoot and the Henderson. Hendersons, and then, uh, and then he kind of, like, did ten years of a sitcom, and now you've got old John Lithgow, and you go, he's fucking incredible, I love him. Anyway, um, did I... I really like the original uh, movie... That's that, me too. From the 80s. I think, it, I think it's really underrated and people always go, yeah, the tone of it's a bit... I think it's... It looks... It, I think its problem is it kind of has that look... It feels like a TV movie. Be, it really yeah, feels yeah, like it. And the, the actors the, it, and yeah. the, the actors are kind of like, oh, they're not great. But, but like, it's, it's good. it's got a fucking Ramones song. They wrote a, yeah, yeah. They wrote a Ramones... Can we get uh, Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, please? And we'll play it out at the end. Um, yeah, they've got a Ramones song. They wrote a song for it. And you go, um, yeah, it's fucking... Oh, I don't know. There's loads that really works about the original film. I liked, I, I, I sort of liked uh, the remake. Um, uh, I didn't love it. Um, and I just do think it's really complicated. There's a, there's a whole stuff where he um, he's a doctor and he's getting haunted by this guy. Um, uh, but this guy dies and uh, he comes back as a ghost and he haunts him. And you go, you haven't been to the pet cemetery yet. Why are you being haunted by this <laughs> Like, well, surely all the spooky stuff should start happening once you introduce the pet Also, cemetery. I quite like the idea of people moving next to a road and they've got, like, young kids and they go, oh, that's a bit dangerous, isn't it? Oh, maybe it's not a great place to move. And their cat gets run over and they go, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely proved it to me. We've got to move. Yeah. Should we just wait a bit? Yeah, well, it's probably not. It's probably going to be fine, isn't it? Well, they, they kind of, like, <laughs> let the kids run all over yeah, the place, yeah. and you just, like, go... I mean, and I think in the original, it's a, it's a slightly better sell, because you just sort of go, oh, God! Yeah. But in the in the the remake, it's just kind of like... They just feel like bad parents, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but there's all sorts of, sort of, like, haunting stuff that happens, or ghost stuff and scary, spooky stuff that happens before the Pet cemetery is introduced. And the way the Pet cemetery is introduced in this one... It's kind of like it's sort it's sort of like absolutely ridiculous. Um, so they're a bit uh, yeah. So it didn't really hold it together for me, but um, it, it, I, I liked it. I, I did enjoy it. And as I say, uh, Laurie Rose has done an amazing job. Um, what um, what was the other thing? I saw, I saw Shazam. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, but I wanted to, well. It's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a conversation that we don't have. We're four minutes over, so we need to yeah. get our guest on. But um, yeah, it's uh, odd. I think. From a, I found it. What's, got, what's the word? Um, irresponsible. I think there were some bits in it that were irresponsible. Oof. Well, there's a bit when uh, they get him to to test whether he's bulletproof. They get him to sh- they get these robbers to shoot him at point blank range <laughs> in a, a, an amusement store, and um, and then they shoot him in the face at point blank range and the kid that isn't a superhero stood right next to him and you go well, <laughs> he's in firing he's in but the is that meant line. to be like they've got the mentality of kids so they're like doing stupid things uh, yeah but uh, people get killed all the time with guns in America and it's a kids film and they've basically got like going oh let's see if he's bulletproof and they shoot him in the face and even worse than that there's a bit when they see if he's fireproof and he gets in a cardboard box and they cover the cardboard box in lighter fluid and then they set him on fire and you go that's like that's something that anyone can do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you get. It's fucking crazy. You just. It's a fucking kids film. And I'm not. I don't. I'm not a parent. I was feeling it. Just like going fucking hell. But there's loads to really like in it. But it's like 20 minutes too long. It's kind of like come on DC. DC have not made one. Oh, anyway, there you go. Uh, it's better than any of the other ones that they made. 
It was low budget. But like, people are like going, it's really good because it sort of like reminds me a bit of Big. Go, they jump up and down on a fucking giant piano. In it. <laughs> it's like it doesn't remind you of Big. You haven't cracked some sort of code. It's directly referenced. It's saying, look at us, we're like Big. They're, they're literally telling you. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, we're going to go and get our guest from next door. Joined now in the studio uh, by comedian Glenn Wool. Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> bonjour. Bonjour. Bon, bonjour. Uh, you on? Are you on tour now? Oui. Oui. Uh, were you kicking last night? No. No. Oh, no, you weren't. Right. Okay. Uh, we... By the way, I'm out of French. If you okay. don't don't me ask French. Any. Not not French Canadian. No, no, but no. I mean, we're all. But past it, then you could have believed are, it. We are bilingual as a nation, so. But I'm are you French. bilingual? We. Oui. Yeah, oh, of course See, you of course are. I just had a whole just conversation in French with you. You did, so, and I understood it, so I guess I'm bilingual. Yeah, you're like. Hey, man. Yeah. Swing and <laughs> London, we're all a little bilingual, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? Come over here, I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then that sounds like a good deal. Um, uh, French kissing. <laughs> oh, oh, nah, I understand now. Right. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, I, was, I keep thinking about Hunt for Red October. Sorry. It's when Sean Connery is speaking in Russian, and then <laughs> yeah, halfway yeah. through the scene, he stops talking in Russian and starts talking in Scottish. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I just like, I quite like that. I like, a... I like the joke where you go, fucking hell, I know Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you're on tour at the moment uh, in, um, with your show Wolves Gold Two, the Iron Pirate brackets. Yeah, the, the, br- the Iron Pirate bit is in brackets. It's a it was a poorly chosen joke. Uh, nobody ever gets it. It's uh, four people have went. Ah, I see what you did there, and they're at. It's actually good, and that it's a conversation piece. I don't know I, that I've what, got it. What is the joke? <laughs> <laughs> what well, is that? Okay. Well, think we, of, good think that we've got you in because now you can explain your <laughs> That's And that's always the way they're best served. <laughs> Lengthy explanation. <laughs> uh, if you think of Wool's Gold, see, this is the problem, too. It's not. It's so it's not like odd. Fool's Gold? Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold, yeah. I, now, got, I, I, got that. Right. I got that. What is the name of the chemical compound? Iron pirate. Oh, okay. It's not even. I, I I read it as pirate. It's not. But <laughs> you have to you have to make a few big leaps. It's like it's like Indiana Jones when he had to just believe and step on that thing. But the show <laughs> yeah, yeah. the show has got more straightforward jokes in it, does it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> jokes, the jokes in the show are way very better. clever, very clever. Yeah, I like to I like to lead you into a false sense of security <laughs> with the one to get you in the door. Going, well, none of these are going to blast my head in two. Well, guess again, it was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so is it like a greatest hit show? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it fun doing that? 
yeah, yeah, it's really fun revisiting uh, some of the stuff and and also realizing how how much older you've gotten, like stuff that you used to really believe and now you're like, "Ooh." <laughs> do you do that in have you sort of ed- re-edited it to go back when you revisit it or are you kind of like do you do sort of like a a, a commentary on some of your uh yeah i don't i don't really do it like that because i mean i'm I'm not that famous it's it's just like there's a lot of people just going okay well we'll go see this guy mr's best well good (laughs) because it's his first of for us you don't like say uh this is an old bit of material i can't believe i used to think like this guy yeah no i tried it i tried it a bit that way but I, i i use i find it's more like a diary now where i go you know i first came to england and this is what happened and then then just yeah, cherry right. picked that way because I did there was there was some stuff that I mean stand up comedy's changed a lot in the last 25 years and there's just simply things you can't say anymore it's changed a lot in the last six mm. months I know I know and there was there was a couple of spicier routines and I thought oh can I do them and I did them uh I did them one night in Edinburgh and like a table of six women just got up and laughed and I, like it really put a stink in the show and I was like oh, I gotta think about that and Is I it thought about it? it all thought about it all night and then I dropped it the next show and it was way better and I said to my tech I was like yeah it was better because uh, you know no women got offended and she's like no they weren't offended they just went to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> they go out to drink. <laughs> no, no, they were fine after the show. <laughs> so, did you put it back in? No, no, the show flowed better without it. Because, well, do you think that was you then? Do you think you had a bit in your brain going, "Oh, maybe this isn't"? Yeah, I mean, it was brain. perfectly timed for like for them to all get up and have yeah, a yeah, pee, exactly. like right, right at the end of the bit. So, I mean, I already ha- I had trepidations about doing it. Um, but I mean, it's about it's about the most offensive thing you can say. But maybe they were like, "Well, that was incredible. It's not going to get better than this for at least five minutes." So yeah. this is a great toilet time. Yeah, exactly. And every toilet time is a great toilet time with me. <laughs> I moved them so much that their bowels needed to be evacuated. <laughs> I, I, five yeah. stars. Yeah, who knew the jokes could have that kind of power? <laughs> Um, and is that because you think is it because you've kind of grown as well or you're saying oh well I'm a parent now and maybe I don't find it's funny or is it strictly in your head you go I don't think this works now because of the the world's moved on no I mean they're all funny Um, it's just uh, you know structurally there's just things that people people have words that they can't hear anymore Mm. in in an open minded society (laughs) (laughs) the whole concept none of it if I hear a word then I stop listening but but I think I do as well like like sometimes I'll go oh what was that where's this coming from or whatever and that will just be like a word or something that will make you go some some words just trigger people and then they just it doesn't matter what context you're using it in it's not even really the, the immediate idea of being offended it's just that that idea carries more or that word carries more weight so that even if you're not necessarily offended but or you'd happily listen to the joke or whatever it's more that you're slightly outside of it then because you your brain's gone Oof. oh yeah. and then you're not thinking of it like and you're just listening to a joke i mean like uh, in across the board it's it's good it's good in a sense that it's moved this way because before there used to be like like some of that subject matter is black diamond run 
Like, you better know what you're doing. If yeah, you, yeah, exactly. If you bring it up, and especially it would happen to me, because I, 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 I have a reputation of talking about things like that. If I go into a town, I'm playing a club, there's three comics that really like me and want to be me. They get up and they're they're trampling over it all with like a year's experience, and then mm. you got to go up and go. All right, well, you know that subject that that man had no right talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring it back. Can you listen to it now? Yeah. So So it's it's good in a sense. That no, I think that's right, and I think it really does show your stripes, right? And you've been doing it for so long because if you can do it well, that's the difference. It's that yeah. idea that. You can do that, and you can actually. People who are skilled enough can talk about whatever they like, and it's to- no one's going to get offended because you know that it's coming from perspective, or it's thoughtful, or it's funny enough, and coming from someone who's been going long enough that yeah. they can kind of pull it off. I mean, you say no one's going to get offended. Like, oh right, but so, yeah, okay. Sometimes, <laughs> like like now, um, attention is currency. So, uh, but, yeah, half the time they're not really offended. They're like, "Oh, this is my way to stick my face beside something nice." And hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think that's people putting themselves in a way that's almost like I will get offended by this. Whereas actually, if you someone who's actually thoughtful enough to have gone through the routine in their head and gone well, I know what's offensive and not offensive about this. You may well have, like... You, you're probably correct. And you go, actually, I've not said anything remotely yeah, actually yeah. offensive. Yeah, but... But you need to... But people will go... Almost like they'll get a knee-jerk of going, oh, well, actually, I'm offended by that. Well, it's the, like, the implication is that um, you haven't thought about... You haven't thought about what you're doing. The consequences that, and, and, of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, is that you, as a comedian on stage, you've yeah. gone... Well, that's disgusting. You've tossed something out and you haven't thought about it. But people get offended by all sorts of stuff. Someone called me anti-Semitic because I got a lyric in one of my songs, uh, which was, uh, I say, I've got no time for the Dewey Decimal System. (laughs) which is which is a library referencing system and they said you're anti-semitic I'm not saying Dewey I'm saying Dewey Dewey decimal system it's like absolutely crazy but your but that opinion you know was posted on social media so that that opinion exists and you go you can't correct that person I thought Donald Duck was a bit anti-semitic when he named his uh, nephews Uh, (laughs) uh, come on come on Donald I've seen that one we addressed as Hitler, but they... <laughs> I, um, I, I'd love that joke, but uh, of course Donald Duck wouldn't have named his nephews. <laughs> <laughs> Donald's brother know. would have. Uh, Donald's brother, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's Donald's sister. Donald's the brother, sister. the brother wasn't in the picture exactly. By the Donald's time, age. by the time, he's more of a father figure, isn't he? Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Okay, fine. I just, uh, just, I, I did like the joke. Now nah, I just have to bring you up on that. Uh, it'd be ridiculous if my sister was to have a baby. I would not go around and name it. Uh, this what kind of would you call it if you could, though? Um, the golden child. <laughs> and I'd say it in uh, with air, air quotes. Uh, there's not as there's not a. There's not enough Osmandiuses around. That's what I. That, that, that'd, been, that'd be my opening to. Uh, so, Glenn, what are you going to call your, your sister? Ozzy Osbourne? What's that short for? What's Ozzy? Is it his surname? I think it's a nickname for Osbourne. Yeah. So he's Osbourne. So his name yeah, is Osbourne. Osbourne. Uh, sort of Osbourne, Osbourne. His yeah. real name is Barbara. <laughs> Who knew? What is Ozzy Osbourne's real name? I would. Uh, 
I like she's John, the book open. John, like she's got a book. Yeah, she's, she's got oh, the I'm reading his biography Britannica. right now. Let me see, page one. John Michael Osborne. Yeah. Is that right? His name is John Osborne. Isn't there another John Osborne? Oh, is there, Glenn? Is there another guy called John Osborne? <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's probably hey, not he's probably not famous or anything. If this show was slicker, we could say that one of your choices that you've been a fan of is biographies of rock bands and singers. Yeah. Have you have you read I Am Ozzy? No. It's fucking shit. <laughs> he doesn't remember any of his own stories. Right? <laughs> it's like literally he literally I've read like I, I, I read lots of books biographies and oh, I used to I've gone off reading <laughs> um, but um, there was like so I read The Dirt and there were all these Ozzy Osbourne stories in The Dirt and you go alright oh, and then you go back to you go to actually Ozzy Osbourne and he goes yeah I don't remember any of that <laughs> and that's oh, that's like what it is like he, he remembers like his childhood and then he's basically being reminded by people of what the, some of the, what the stuff he did was yeah. it's just like oh my god it's a bad it's a hard read do you know Matt Kirshen sent me a clip of uh, me, I I was on stage at Late and Live, and this would have been like early two thousands, and uh, it was uh, Kitchen MCing, uh, David O'Doherty rapped in bubble rap, and Jason Byrne also rapped in bubble rap, <laughs> and they were having a wrestling match, and I was I was to be one of the managers of the of. I believe I was Jason's manager. It doesn't really matter. I wasn't actually his manager. Uh, but I, wa I watched that whole clip, and I seriously have no memory of that. I have no, Like, you'd think that would be something that would... But none. Not, a, not even a... Oh. oh, I hadn't thought about that for a long time. It's like... I've never no, it's that. gone. It's gone. Like I was obviously just not around <laughs> at that point. That's, uh, that's quite. A, that's a bit of a treat, though, isn't it? Or is, yeah. it, or is it scary? Yeah. You know, well, where else did I go that? <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. an hour. I woke up with a hot sniper rifle <laughs> in my bed. <laughs> is that when you you start going? Wait, is it not 2017 now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's like uh, three years missing. Where you go? No idea. No yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. What what did I do? What, what did I accomplish? <laughs> I found a great novel under my bed. Could you even like pinpoint that Edinburgh or whatever? Can you go that's that year. So I was doing uh, that then and this. Yeah, I can tell it by the jacket and uh, the. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know that's my jacket, and I know what size my pupils usually are. <laughs> I, you know, I can. I can sort of trace it back to that to that moment. Yeah. So, what? Which uh, which biographies are you thinking of that you're particularly a fan of? Do you know? I, well, it's just the one I just read, uh, uh, Billy Idol's biography. Oh, oh yeah, it? it is. Although I didn't, I, I say read it. Does this? It counts if you listen to them, right? You can still sure, say you've read sure. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've got uh, we were speak, I've got a, a, a 17 month old son, and uh, the one thing I was doing. Um, I, when I, I mean, I, I have afternoon naps with him, uh, but I play the book over my phone. And Billy Idol actually reads his own biography. Yeah. So I don't know if my son's going to age thinking, 
Yeah, my dad knew Billy Idol, and he used to call him all the time. <laughs> I think he was a bit coked up or something, because it was just all about his childhood. It was like one of these conversations you couldn't get out of. <laughs> and then I'll remember Steve Stevens turned to me and said, all right, Billy, shut up. Has he, has he got a good reading voice? Uh, yeah, he's he sounds exactly like... Uh, Billy Idol. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the reason, like, and, and I think... Um, it, I, th- I think it's better to read biographies of people that you kind of like or you kind of knew about, you know. Like, because I, I read, I, I read every book about Guns and Roses, and in with those ones too. I'm just like, I wish everything was this. Like, I could be a genius if everything was as interesting to me. That's what I say. Like, <laughs> yeah. if 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 I, so I absorbed like knowledge about films and what years they were made and who directed them and who started them and all that, and I, I know all of that. And if that was a, a course at school, I would have absolutely smashed it. Yeah. But I was just shit at French and yeah. languages and science and, and maths. Well, just how quickly the book drains. Like, you, like you, you buy it, you're like, okay, what, what's Duff McKagan have to say about the whole issue? You open it on the train, it was... Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I miss a chunk of it? No, you've just read that whole book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's people that can read a book about anything like that. But yeah, yeah. I just have to be... Yeah, totally excited. But I, I find I find uh, film. Uh, do we like acting? Do I like actors? I don't think it's. I I like band biographies because they're kind of more interesting. They're juicy, aren't they? Well, it always gives you that little tidbit. Every biography you'll find that. Like I always I always wondered why Billy Idol had such a lame name. Like, cause you know, like he was, he, he was of uh, the punk era. He he was hanging out with the Sex Pistols. And he like Billy Idol. What, why? What? Do you know why his name is Billy Idol? Yeah. Because when he was in a punk band, he used it, his report card said um, his real name's William Broad. It says Billy is too idle all the time, and he needs to make better. So his punk name was Billy Idol, like I-D-L-E. Oh. And that, that, that makes way more sense. But when it came time to, for him for, to write on the songwriting credits, he was worried he'd be associated with Eric Idol. So he <laughs> changed it to <laughs> Billy Idol. I, I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, me too. Um, and also Billy Idol did, because we were talking the other week about uh, songs from movies, songs that were written for movies. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he did one of the all-time greats. Uh, he did the song for Speed. The oh, movie he did, Speed. Yeah. That is a fucking wicked song. Uh, and I think the uh, VHS tape came with the Billy Idol music video at the end. Ah. Loved it. Or maybe it was at the beginning. Maybe you had to fast forward through it. To, uh, well, he was, Billy Idol was always sort of a guilty pleasure of mine, too. Like, I do like him. But you know, it just it just was that that edge of like this is a bit you know this is a bit lame. But <laughs> you know? like, right, yeah, he's one of those funny because he because he sort of sort of moved to America. It felt like he never he sort of feels almost more American than he does British. Now he's like or a, he's like a British. He's like an American version of what a British rock star would yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Like when he turns up in the wedding singer as Billy Idol, you kind of like go. Yeah, yeah, that, that's almost like they've got an actor in to play a British yeah. rock star. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's he's like a Saturday Night Live version yeah, exactly. of a British rock exactly. star. Although he was in The Doors, and he's fucking great in The Doors. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, he's an intelligent man. You can tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he's still got, you know, I mean, he's got a he's got a free base and heroin problem behind him. So that always that always hangs a few L's on your L's and S's on your S's. <laughs> often I think those people those people that have gone through that often come out wiser. If they don't die, they come out of it with this sort of wisdom that they've sort of learnt something. Or I always think that about Dennis Hopper. He, he always comes out this thing where you go. He's like, as an older man, he seems like super intelligent and super smart and wise. And you think, but your life, I mean, you can barely remember half of it, I bet. Yeah. It does, but he seems to have come out of it with this real sort of well, sort of smart. I don't want to be the one to break it to you, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone further than that now. <laughs> yeah. He had a horrible end to his life. Did you, did you know what happened oh, no. to him? What happened to um, He was in speed, that's fine, Clark. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> boy, you like oh, speed. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. It's a speed-based. Uh, it's a speed-based show. I'm on speed as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I thought the film was going to be about. I thought it was about like drugs on a bus. I didn't realise that when, it, when they said oh, Keanu Reeves is making a film called Speed, set on a bus. I thought it was about. People yeah. doing speed on a bus, and he was like the the, the bus cop. That's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of people that take speed too. It wouldn't be on a bus. It wouldn't be on a yacht. <laughs> uh, he just goes up on a bus and goes, "You're cautioned, cautioned. That's a caution for you. Yeah. It will be. It's, easy, it's very easy to sell speed on a bus. You just say, "Who wants some speed?" Fifty hands goes up. <laughs> Nickel a bump. <laughs> but if let, if fewer than fifty hands go up, the bus blows up. <laughs> yeah, that was the original script. And they they took a look it's at a it. Shame. We go, we like it, but we're gonna a couple of the suits down in uh, MGM. We're gonna tweak it a bit. Oh, sorry, <laughs> tweak your word, <laughs> not ours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dennis uh, Hopper, so star of speed. Um, he uh, he went through a ho- he had uh, incurable cancer, and um, his wife <laughs> his wife he was divorcing his wife at the time, and she took him. T- she was trying to take half of his stuff because she thought. She thought he was going to write her out of the will, I think. So it was just a really messy end to, uh, like, you know. What's better than dying of cancer? (laughs) Oh, a messy divorce. And you're just fighting with somebody else. Somebody, I mean, check it it in the book about Ozzy Osbourne, but I believe that's what happened to Dennis Harper. It's something close to that. It's a type of thing where I guess he must. They must really have hated each other to also have that that element of well, I'm dying. I don't really care what's going to happen with my money, but also going. But I don't want you to. Have it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you think you'd sort of be freed of a lot of that stuff where you're kind of like, sure, well, I don't care. I mean, I'm dying. I'm I'm Dennis. I'll probably be fine. Well, maybe he w- wanted to give it to someone else. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe it does transfer over. And but you, yeah. you, get, you get up to heaven, and it's like, okay, you, uh, did you bring your credit card with you, Dennis? Oh, I'm going to rack that up pretty high when I was. Uh, well, but what would happen if you just spent all of your money on like uh, a coffin? Would they be able to take half a, the coffin? 
Oh, yeah. Well, like a solid gold coffin. K- Kiss do coffins. They do kiss caskets. The band They're Kiss. Be well, I can and see they've why. got speakers inside. <laughs> and uh, it's, you just go, that is fucking, like, Kiss are so fucking shameless. They will make money out of absolutely everything. And yeah. you know, it, So if you're a Kiss fan, you can basically buy uh, baby clothes and uh, coffins. You know, so you, they've <laughs> Cradle got to grave. Covered, they've got you covered cradle to grave. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking insane. Did you hear what, because uh, it's their last tour and they asked Gene Simmons why and he was like just have have you seen the boots I have to wear I'm 70 (laughs) (laughs) like you look at those you think of a 70 year old man in big skull boots I mean (laughs) his head is starting to resemble his boot yeah Yeah. Uh, um, are you going to see them uh, I've never, uh, and I'm a Kiss fan, but I've never seen them live. I just, it's never, it's never lined up, and I don't think now is the time to see them. Mm. You know, I th- yeah, maybe. Well, it's the only time you've got. Yeah, I might, I might buy a Kiss video if they've got something live from the '70s and blow my mind, and I'm, you know. I think that with lots of people, like I, I do get that thing where people want to see people they like, but it isn't what they're seeing is often not what they like about them they're seeing a sort of well with Kiss I mean Tommy Thayer is it Tommy Thayer or Tommy yeah, yeah. I see it's all rock magazines you never know how to say it Gene, I mean Gene Simmons hired Tommy Thayer who was the who was the head of the Kiss fan club and he used to clean out Gene Simmons gutters <laughs> and he hated really? Ace Freely so much that he just goes anyone can do your part <laughs> So he got the guy that cleaned out his gutters. Did he? Is he <laughs> the one they made dress up like a cat? No, he's the one they made dress up as Ace Freely. <laughs> so basically, you know, the whole point of giving them makeup was that they could fire anyone they wanted. And they go, you know, you're out of the band. And uh, it's my gutter man. He's uh, it's my pool boy. My pool boy is going to wear your makeup, and, and half the audience will think it's you. And it's just it's fucking insane what they did. Like Ace really is my favourite member of Kiss, and you just don't go. So when you watch like the old seventies interviews of, of when Ace Freely's fucked off his face and just enjoying himself, you go, ah, oh, he's lovely. And then you see, you see fucking Gene Simmons just jealously <laughs> glowering at him, like going, like some sort of fucking spoiled princess. And you go, fucking hell. Ace, yeah. So yeah. Ace Freely and Peter Chris were my favourites, but they're the fuck ups, aren't they? And then now when you go and see Kiss, it's sort of like, this is, the, this is Disney Kiss. I once saw uh, Gene Simmons. I was at a hockey game in LA and he showed up with uh, Shannon Tweed and they were sitting a few seats ahead of me uh and it's just like you cannot wear a wig like that like how rich (laughs) how rich is he and he's got a block of wood that he's chiseled (laughs) and painted hair color and he's now balancing on his head like like that's how he carries things (laughs) i'm not sure it's a wig i think i think he's got obviously he's got gray hair or white hair and he's just dyes it jet black and I think because your hair quality changes when it goes grey and so you can just like Alice Cooper dyes his hair obviously yeah and uh, no Nick if you'd seen this live you you know what real hair is and you know what real (laughs) hair is but when you dye grey hair black A it looks unnaturally black and B uh, it has a weird quality to it because it's not like uh, it, it's like yeah it's like a thicker the old the grey hair is a kind of thicker it's like 
It's got like a pubic pubic element to it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe he might have had a transplant, and that may explain why. I mean, why he's got pubic hair on the top of his head. He's got <laughs> luscious long pubes. <laughs> he's combing them up, up around. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, but there's something just really. And then I think Paul Stanley wears a wig. Yes. Um, and but they all wear wigs on stage. Oh God, it's just. It, Mm. I like I, yeah. I like my favorite Kiss album is the Ace Freely uh, solo album. Oh, when they did the four. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've heard that. Oh, it's great, and it's got New York Groove on it, and that's a banger. Yeah, I think Destroyer for me. I like everybody's favorite one. I like Beth as well. I love Beth. Is that Peter Chris? Yeah, that's be- yeah. Mm. Is that on his? Uh, I think solo that's, one? Is that on his solo album? Is that on another album? Um, I don't know. But have you seen the film? What? Phantom in the Park. Oh, it's the Kiss versus the Phantom <laughs> in the Park. It's fucking. And it's saying about this the other week. Yeah, it's like it's just really. But it's like Scooby Doo. It's uh, it's like really. It's like a Hanna Barbera feature film starring Kiss. Uh, live, <laughs> it sounds great. Live action where Gene Simmons is a fire breathing <coughs> monster, and then all of a sudden it cuts to a swimming pool, and uh, Peter Chris is sat by the swimming pool, and he just sings Beth. He sings this ballad, <laughs> and then they go and uh, fight. Uh, yeah, there you go. Beth is from Destroyer. Don't they shoot like rockets out of their guitars? Like goes like cartoon. It goes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but with the worst special effects yeah. and no, yeah, oh. bu- no budget. And uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's, I love that film. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I really like. I really like Seventies Kiss, and I think that they turned into just. Uh, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't once know, they, they got their turned. own army, <laughs> they, became, they became little generals. Well, I've got I've got the four um, the four solo albums, haven't I? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they same. all come with a, a, a quarter of a poster. So, <laughs> so like, and they, they're like big jigsaw p- puzzle pieces, yeah. and they all fold out, and um, and they come with sort of like you fill in um, the form to join the Kiss Army, and each one of them has kind of like you can get an Ace Freely necklace, you can get a Paul Stanley <laughs> necklace, but you have to buy the album to get that the thing. They were so so the the best selling one was the Ace Freely one, and I was in America. I, t- I told you this, did I? Did I say it on the radio? Uh, I can't remember you said it on the radio. Have you said it? I was in me? I was in America and I went into uh, I was in New York and I went into a record store, like a second-hand record store, and the only one that they didn't have was the Ace Freely one because it sold so many copies. Uh, so you can get all the others for like ten dollars, and Ace Freely you've got to like pay like eighty dollars for. Well, do you know one of the one of the problems Kiss I think ran into um, why they. Uh, the one Kiss album everybody had was Dynasty because that's when they went disco and you could get it for a dollar <laughs> and you go oh I like Kiss uh, uh, why is this one on for the back when you know the is, budget barrel was is that the something. one when they're wearing suits on the cover no that's Dressed to Kill uh, no this is this is I Was Made for Loving You Baby yeah 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 I love that that's, that's my karaoke song like I will I, I love that song <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good now in, in you know in retrospect and I think it, I think we're all a bit more sensitive it divided the fans <laughs> oh well it's a terrible album <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great song oh, yeah. <coughs> have you heard songs uh, from The Elder Oh, is that the new one? G- no, it was uh, like they did a Gene, Gene Simmons did basically a concept album in like the early eighties, and it's basically all about like a, 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 I used one of the tracks on uh, my short film that I made. Um, uh, it's basically taking it's like a hero's journey 
and each song is kind of like about a, a young boy that goes on a ma- magical quest to meet the elders and it's just <laughs> fucking insane it's quite boring but there are some really good songs on it and basically they never mention it <laughs> they go, uh, yeah we did this we did this uh, sword and sandals fantasy epic uh, concept album that we never mention we just don't, uh, don't talk about her that. majesty's satanic <laughs> service remember the stones <laughs> concept <laughs> album it's basically sergeant pepper on a budget yeah comes in colors great song one of their best i Field. I don't know what this is. What's this? I the don't know. Stones, about the Stones let Charlie Watts. Uh, Char- they let Charlie Watts write an album that was supposed to be the uh, the uh, competition for Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. <laughs> but it's kind of like a rip. It's like a rip off as well. It's like weird that they sort of do it such. Like it's like, well, let's make them all look a bit like the Sergeant Pepper Beatles and things. It's like, but why are you doing something completely different? <laughs> It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. Very, Charlie, you can do anything. I'll copy that. Yeah, thing I'll copy that, this thing that's really popular at the minute. Well, the, the artwork rips him off. Is that like all but the, the kind actual of songs don't sound like him? Watch me. The songs rip them off. No, no. Well, like it's sort of like an answer to almost like Sergeant Pepper, but it's like it's because that's big. It's like, well, let's do. It's like they've gone. Let's try and do that. Yeah. But it is like the look and everything. The kind but of the even, whole. Even like, but in your mind's eye, listen to uh, Comes in Colors, and you can see that that's that's got a bit of the sort of pomp and circumstance of. What's uh, it called? Um, Majesty's Satanic sa- Service or something. Yes. Um, yeah. Their Satanic Majesties. Yeah, Rolling Stones, that one. Which one? The Rolling Stones, Satanic Magistrates. I've never heard of this. It's like a sort of 60s album that's like, it's like a sort of psychedelic Ely. Um, oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! That is fucking insane! Oh my god! Has he got a fucking sit-up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's not Winston Churchill in the... Oh, my God. <laughs> That's insane. But it is like, it's like the year after Sergeant Pet. It's like they've gone... But it's like they never really chased them. But then it's just a bit where they go... Uh, yeah, I guess we need to get on this Sergeant Pepper bandwagon. That's but crazy. it's just why it's, like, it's they such just a weird. That like, every album was going to be like that's the way music is. Yeah, now. that's that's how it is now. I guess <laughs> that's really crazy because it was obviously it was Pet Sounds and Sergeant Pepper that were like the two big ones that were mm. you know. Poor Brian Wilson. I mean, he made pet sounds, and he goes, I've done it. It's my masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> and that was, yeah, because it was To Rubber Soul, wasn't it? He initially came out, and he went, we're going to do a, we're going to top this. And then, he, then it's like, how do you like that? It's like, oh, we've just done this one. We've just done this Sergeant Pepper. We're going <laughs> oh, to Well, that's nice, Brian. Um, <laughs> I've just finished off my own album, actually. <laughs> um, fucking hell. Yeah, but that's what drove him mad, wasn't it? Yeah, I think <laughs> one of the things. Uh, yeah, one of yeah. the things probably. Well, that was um, that was the other thing I wanted to say about uh, tidbits that you find in um, in uh, rock uh, biographies because Neil Young's one, Shaky, is an absolutely fantastic. Neil read. Young wrote a biography for Shaken Stevens. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he is one of his <laughs> biggest fans. Neil Young. <laughs> Neil Young. <laughs> is the foremost the expert on Shaking Stevens and anytime anytime Shaking Stevens is in the news for another one of his plots to take over the government they have Neil Young on and he sings Ohio I never want to find out this isn't true this is, this is a, he never gets what Neil Young said he's doing research at the moment at the, at the Stevens family archives he's been um, he's been following Stevens for three seasons now Shaking Stevens um, uh, in in the book Shaky, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> did uh, Neil Young admitted to, and and will not back down. Neil Young gave his Harley Davidson to Charlie Manson. <coughs> Neil Young, and that's the thing nobody ever admits to knowing Manson. But Manson, like, uh, and that that's what reminded me with the Beach Boys. He lived in Dennis Wilson's house with. Uh, I with mean, they all did. Like, that's it. it just yeah. feels like I guess they've all got to distance themselves. Well, but it is yeah. like they might as well all just say, "Well, I did," because I mean, at the time we didn't know he was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neil Young just said, "Well." Yeah, he, he was, was an interesting the, he was just guy, guy yeah. wasn't he? Well, so was Dennis the drummer? Yes. So he's the one that basically stole Charlie Manson's song, wasn't he? Well, that's what uh, that's the thing that's said. I think Charlie Manson says he stole it. I don't know how much truth there is to he actually did it. So I was doing. If Charlie Manson says it happened, it happened. <laughs> that, he was an. He was an honest guy. <laughs> I was pitching. Uh, you know, they do those Sky Arts presents. What they called? They called Urban. Oh, uh, I know the things. Yes, yes. Urban Myth. So I was pitching an Urban Myth, and as research, one of them was the time. That uh, which Wilson brother was it? Dennis. Dennis Wilson. It was the time that Dennis Wilson stole a song off of Charles Manson. And so basically, you've got to make them, you've got to make them funny. And <laughs> they've, they've got these funny situations, and you go, okay, so there's Charlie Manson, uh, and he was writing songs with the Beach Boys. And, you know, and then the more research you do, you go, there's absolutely nothing funny about this. It's so tragic. <laughs> Everything was tragic about it. Charlie Manson was awful, and then Dennis Wilson had like a breakdown, and he was turned to a recluse, and it's just everything was tragic about it. You go, I'm going to find something else. Then I'm going you know, to keep looking. But um, Do you know yeah, that's really yeah. horrible. But uh, th- but and then I mean that's the thing. He was Charles Manson was much more in the LA lifestyle than anybody wanted to ever admit. But you know, uh, and and the man. Manson family had ever-changing characters. Like, there was a lot of people that were in the Manson family that left before it got weird. Yeah, and... one very famous uh, lady's daughter was in the Ma- Angela Lansbury's That's daughter. That's just exactly what I was about to say. Was in the Manson family. Yeah. And I'd like to see that whodunit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, so that much. In the, the, that was the whole lifestyle, wasn't <coughs> it? I know from like reading Alice Cooper biographies and stuff like that, they basically, they all were sleeping on each other's floors so the mm. doors were around and Alice Cooper were around and there was um, you know Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention and all of that like, they were all in each other's pockets yeah. and just yeah. waiting to break through and, and the monkeys were, played a huge role in that everybody thinks of the monkeys as, a, as like this just sort of joke band but no the monkeys were right right in the mix, mix of all of that mm. when you watch the film Head next to the Monkeys TV series. I mean, they're just completely different experiences. Jack Nicholson wrote ahead. Yeah, Did yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. During his uh, LSD <laughs> weekend. But it is all, yeah, they're all kind of, they're all part of that scene. I mean, they're all there. And I, I think a lot of it's much more honest to say, yeah, I knew Charlie Manson. It doesn't mean well, of course doesn't it, mean you murdered someone. He, he would have been at all of their he would have been at all <laughs> yeah, of their parties because he was desperate to be yeah, yeah, famous, yeah, famous. Yeah, desperate uh, well, to be famous. And and <clears throat> if you know, it's not it's not if you if you befriended him after the murders, I would say yeah, yeah. that would be like what. Well, but you can't you can't challenge somebody. Go well, couldn't couldn't you see? Well, nobody could have seen yeah. it, or they would have gone and got him. Yeah. They go, yeah, he's a pretty wacky guy. It's like, so's Tiny Tim, or someone who's probably about as well. You go, that guy's mad. It's like, yeah, uh, probably, you know. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, <laughs> Tiny Tim though was an amazing performer, like unbelievable. No, he yeah. Could wrap wrap the room 
better than Johnny Rotten. Like, like just everybody was into it. I think that, like, I find all that stuff, like, we kind of get the canon, don't we, of 60s music. Whereas there's a lot more of it that feels like, well, that's really interesting. That thing I played before, Biff Rose, was like a guy who was like a sort of 60s kind of hippie guy. But the music he was kind of doing was kind of quite croonery. But it was that... But that was kind of hip at the time as well. So yeah. he wasn't doing something that was kind of like wacky or way out. It's only when you look back on it where it's like, why is he doing that kind of thing? It's like, he's he's like a cool guy, but he's not doing what you consider to be kind of part of the kind of rock music canon. So he's not really yeah. seen as part of it. But what's all the stuff going on at that time is really interesting as like a whole. It's just we almost choose to be a bit myopic about what we think is proper music and what's part of the canon of stuff we listen to. I think that's what's interesting about biographies is that (coughs) uh, especially from a certain era they all fill in gaps from each other so you learn more about Ozzy Osbourne from the Motley Crue book yes and uh, Alex Cooper can't remember writing three albums and one of those albums is one of my favourite albums and when it gets to him talking about that he just goes yeah I don't remember that and then you go oh come on so you've got to read Dick Wagner's uh, book about him being a guitarist a session guitarist to find out that anecdote about when he and Alice Cooper were in Aspen writing this album, um, so it's, I find like it's like a patchwork, and you kind of like yeah, you do. Together. You get a sort of overall idea of it. And like with the Dirt, obviously they uh, they hung out. With, well, um, Nikki Six hung out with Slash, and uh, so you get that, there and then the you get Slash's dive. book, and then it kind of like fills in. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Slash thought he was going to go to jail because Nikki Six. Oh, dude. Like, and this was before Slash was in GNR. He was just like, oh, it might have just just joined <coughs> GNR, but yeah. Have you seen The Dirt? I haven't seen it. Do you know I read it? And this this may go a long way in telling you why I can't remember parts of my life, but uh, <laughs> I didn't think it was that. Like I was like, well, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> you know? But you get your expectations. Like or you, you learn a lot about somebody. Like this is the most debauched thing. And I was like, at chapter eleven, I was like, well, they better be keeping it to the end because it's not the most debauched thing. I've uh, ever it's heard. pretty debauched. <laughs> but the bit when um, they're fucking idiots as well. The bit when uh, they've all cheated on their girlfriends, so they stick their dicks in egg burritos, so to cover up the smell of women's vaginas. And you go just. Just use water. <laughs> Just wash. Isn't what you're fucking. You know. It's just like, oh, it's just got uh, an egg burrito. Can you imagine? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've Maybe been cheating on to... our girlfriends all night, so yeah. now we're going to fucking stick our dicks. Well, how are you going to explain that? Like, why is your dick smell yeah. like an egg burrito? <laughs> I fucked an egg burrito. What of it? All the guys did it. We're in a rock and roll band. <laughs> That's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. Just wash, you fucking... Fucking hell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're on the couch, and no, I don't want any breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you're right. It's not, it's not too debauched. You're right. You're right, Glenn. Um, fucking, yeah. uh, we're in a, we're in a, an, 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 an un, uh, what do you call it? Unfortunate situation where um, uh, I haven't played your song yet, and I'm really desperate to play uh, Pet Cemetery. But I'll listen to Pet Cemetery on the way home. I'll play your song on the way out. All right. So, um, oh, should we do the so, quiz? No, do we need to? Oh, I forgot. Oh, we even, don't have we to. I forgot to even okay. bring this band up. Uh, do, which, what song is it? Uh, which song? Which your song. song. Your song. All right. Oh, is it, um, is it Tragically tragi- Hit? Yeah. Three yeah. Pistols, Tragically Hit. Sorry, I didn't even bring it up, but that's a wonderful book, too. It just came out about Tragically Hit. I don't know a lot about the band, actually. You do? I don't. 
Well, there's a book out. <laughs> just uh, news just in. Michael Caine was introduced to Manson by Mama Cass. He called him a scruffy uh, little man. <laughs> <laughs> Some fun fact. And Tommy Taya is pronounced Thea. Tommy, I like that. Tommy Thea. That's a bad name. Yeah. I like the idea that Michael Caine is like, I met Charles Manson once. God, what was he like? Scruffy. It's like, that's not the worst <laughs> thing he's done. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's Boy. a bit like, oh, I wasn't that smart. What, he didn't what a little fashionist. <laughs> <laughs> Scruffy little man. Oh. So, well, that's, that's the least of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Scuffed shoes. <laughs> just the thing, <laughs> Don't you find, though, whenever you saw, like, the, the, the like, interviews and the footage of Charlie Manson when he was, like, locked up and he had a swastika uh, scratched into his yeah, head, yeah. You, know, you just think, fucking hell. Yeah. Put, put a tie on. Well, do you know, and this may be why I don't find the dirt that uh, there was, there used to be a party in Desert Valley that Doug Stanhope would uh, host in a little town called Panamint Springs. It was just basically a hotel, and uh, I went there a few years, and it was really fun and really debauched. And one of the waitresses oh, always wore a bandana, and I never thought anything of it until years later. And they said that's because she was uh, she's got a swastika carved in her head because she was in the Matson family and one of the one of the ones that Whoa. was there, one of the one of the big yeah, ones, one of the regulars. So, what do you mean, one of the ones that were there? Well, well, a lot of them are there. The ones like on trial, at least. I don't know if she was there, but the the, the ones who have swastikas in their heads, were they, they... You've got the main sort of family, but then you've got, like, other people that are kind but of I mean, satellite was, people. Because um, you know, what's this Quentin Tarantino film going to be? Yeah, like? well, I mean, I mean, Charles Manson wasn't there. No, I mean, mm. he was a manipulator. Mm. Do we know that? Maybe the women were the manipulators, and he's just this little scruffy Scruffy guy. He's just a bit scruffy. He's a little simple, and he doesn't (laughs) like telling on people. Charles did it. Yeah. That's the, that, that's the new that's the new all girl remake of the Manson family. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the ladies did it. <laughs> he was a nice, nice guy. Yeah, just went along with just me. misunderstood. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Because. Uh, hmm. Michael Caine really hung him out to go, dry. I'm not going to go down the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say... Hey, you not, can do it. Nah, I'm not going yeah. to do it. It's not live. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't even put it on tape. not even going to go down <laughs> um, It's nice that you ever think about it, though. Hmm. No, See, and that's, that's what the new comedy has done. We've had mm-hmm. to stop and think. And well, the swastika backwards is the sign for Buddhism. Mm. Isn't it? So when you're carving a swastika on your forehead in the mirror, uh, you might be thinking, this is a very Buddhist statement that I'm making, only to find out that it was backwards. Yeah. It was he was that's a nice guy. He's a, a, a nice guy. Buddhist guy trying to do his like, chanting. And but then, then you bring people to the mirror and go, this might be offensive, but come look in the mirror with me. <laughs> See? It's fine. Mm. Oh, good old Charlie. Charlie Manson. Good old Charlie Manson. Um, yeah. uh, little man. Oh, right. Brian Cranston met Charles Manson. What? How old Brian, Brian Cranston? Cranston met Charles Manson on his way to town. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, wee 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 that's all the, the way home. Beginning of a little. Uh, uh, How old Brian Cranston? Brian Cranston, what? Trumpo is uh, Trumbo. <laughs> Trumbo is uh, pretty old. Uh, Brian Cranston met Charles Manson. He said he was a little man with crazy eyes. Hey. He tweeted, "Hearing Charles Manson is dead." I shut. I mean, I'm reading this blind, right? <laughs> yeah, let me tell you what you're going to Brian Cranston tweeted this. Is this? Okay, so Brian Cranston, uh, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, he tweeted, 
Hearing Charles Manson is dead, I shuddered. I was within his grasp just one year before he committed brutal murder Whoa. in 1969. Luck was with me when a cousin and I went horseback riding at the Span Ranch and saw the little man with crazy eyes whom the other hippies called Charlie. Mm. Well, I don't I mean, know if that was worth reading out. Uh, and that uh, arguably is is uh, not a year before they were committing murders because they don't know what went on at Spawn Ranch and they, they do think that they were... they. Those weren't the first murders that they did. Yeah. I, I know next to nothing about all of this. My, my knowledge of Charlie Manson ended with uh, him getting a song he wrote next. And <laughs> 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 we've got to play the game. We've got to play the game. Okay. okay. Um, we've run, we're running. We've run out of time, Glenn. Oh, okay. It's been amazing to have you. Yeah, it's, it's been, been great. Um, uh, so, just to recap, your tour is uh, on at the moment, and it yeah. finishes on the twenty eighth of April, and you're going everywhere. Uh, I've been everywhere. This was poorly timed. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> what is the date? It's the, t- uh, the yeah, 10th of April. Yeah, right. We're, we're near the end of April. Yeah. Right. The Asian end. leg starts in June. If uh, I don't know if anybody's in Asia this listening is inter- right now. This is now. an international uh, podcast. Excellent. So well, you should have yeah. told me. I would have done it in Japanese. Oh. <laughs> well, you started with French. I mean, oui. you've done very well. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, so, this is a um, game, Glenn. I'll play the song. Right, so, uh, what is the music? Where's the Girls uh, Leg 3. Okay, so this is the game. It's called Better or Worse, and you have to say whether the next person is better or worse based entirely on my own opinions. So starting off with Julie Andrews, is Ennio Morricone better or worse than Julie Andrews? Uh, Who's Ennio Morricone? Did the music for uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Oh, yeah, he's better. He's better, yeah, he's better. Joaquin Phoenix, that's fan club. Is Joaquin Phoenix better or worse? Stuff the Woker coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Is he better or worse than Ennio Morricone? Worse. Uh, worse. It's worse, yeah. Is Christian Bale better or worse than Joaquin Phoenix? Worse. Oh, no, he's better. I think he's worse. Uh, Meryl uh, Streep. Machinist. Don't. Better or worse than Christian Bale? Meryl Streep. Worse. Better. Better. No. Better. No, I heard. Uh, Come on, Harvey Henry Cavill. Better Harvey or worse. Weinstein. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Henry Cavill. Better or worse than Meryl Streep? Oh, worse. Uh, worse. Worse. I, I don't know who he is. He's a guy with Superman. Tony Curtis, better or worse than Henry Cavill? Better. Better. Tony Collette, better or worse than Tony Curtis? Better. Better. Better, yeah. Army Hammer, better or worse than Tony Collette? Better, and he's better than everything. I like him a lot. I think Delicious. he might be worse than Tony Collette, but I do like Army him. Army Hammer, I would say, he's hasn't, pretty good. hasn't done Muriel's wedding, does he? Five! <laughs> Five. Uh, so you got a score of five. <laughs> that means that uh, you're not as good as John Niven, Sean Harris with ten, Daniel Cook, Daniel Lawrence Taylor, Michael Legg, Solomon Craig, Rebecca Staten with nine, Claudia Blakely, Jordan Brooks, Suze Kempner, Evelyn Lott, Paul F. Taylor, Rebecca Shorex, Mark Smith, Carl Theobald with eight, Hayley Campbell, Brett Goldstein, Tom Goodman Hill, Charlie Higson, Matthew Holness, Jim Hosking, Lauren Lex, Esther Smith, Ian Smith, Elliot Speller, Gillett, Josh Whittacombe, Sean McLaughlin with seven, Drunk Women's Home Crime Taylor, Glenn, Hannah George, Colin Hall, Andy Kindler, Merritt Larwood, Lucy Porter, John Robbins, Richard Standing Mark Simmons and David Trent with six, but you are as good as Yasmin Akron, Rob <laughs> Deering, Tom Meaton, and Joey Page with five, and you are better than Jack Barry, Bunny Calore, Taylor Glenn with four, and Sam Ashurst with three. So I'd just like to add before this goes any further, Meryl Streep's nickname for Harvey Weinstein was God. God? Oh. Yes. They used to be uh, uh, very intertwined, and that's why I don't like Meryl Streep. Okay. okay. Um, 
What a, what a note to end the episode. <laughs> 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 you play out yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to say anything about this song that you've got? Yeah, it was about a, yeah. It's um, my favorite band from Canada, and I was going to talk about their uh, their biography. Well, you ran out of time. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.